Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Now we're going to turn our attention uh, to some AFL uh, footy never stops and particularly... Uh, there's been a couple of off-field dramas uh, that have affected the Richmond Footy Club in the last 24 hours uh, with Sydney Stack allegedly uh, breaking COVID rules again. And we've had the dramas with Tyson Stengel uh, over in Adelaide. And we're going to cross over to Michael Angelo Rucci, a big part of the SENSA team. And he's uh, had an exclusive chat with Andrew McLeod. This has been a story that's been bubbling away in Adelaide for quite some time. I guess he's growing disenchantment with the footy club that uh, he played the most games for. Arguably the greatest crow of all time. Some might say Mark Rusciuto, but plenty would think uh, the dual uh, Norm Smith medalist uh, is that man. Uh, and Michelangelo has been good enough uh, to join us uh, over from Adelaide. G'day, Michael. Michelangelo. Hello, Jules. Merry Christmas to you and a happy new year. Let's hope 2021 yep. is everything that 2020 wasn't. Exactly. Let's mm. hope we get some uh, crowds back to the footy and we can get back to some normality next year. Really interesting uh, piece you've done uh, with Andrew McLeod, uh, one of the first lines uh, in the piece says he says his relationship with senior figures inside the Adelaide Football Club is untenable. So just why is this relationship broken down so much to the point that it, where it is right now? Well, I won't be an official spokesman for Andrew McLeod, but having spoken with him, you can understand that he no longer recognises his football club as the football club where he played 340 games, where he then went on to serve in Indigenous programs and as an AFLW assistant coach. But it's not an unusual theme that's been around with what I call the old guard or the senators of the Adelaide Football Club, where they just don't recognise the place as what it should be. Now, bear in mind, Andrew McLeod was part of that very important group in the mid-90s just before Malcolm Blight arrived to create his miracle as the Messiah, where Adelaide struggled to have an image in the sense of what did it actually stand for. There were the cheap shots that would come from certain parts of Adelaide where they were known as the Chardonnay set or a club with no heart and soul. Well, that changed certainly under Blight. You win two premierships, you begin to stand for something. And, and that built certainly with Neil Craig. Whatever was put on the agenda by, by Malcolm Blight was certainly built into a strong foundation by the Neil Craig era, which went on for a decade. But there are people such as Andrew McLeod and the old guard who were there from the 90s to the 2000 decade where they don't feel the footy club represents what they built anymore. So, you know, it's a line of commercially strong but culturally weak. And in the end, Andrew McLeod has decided he just doesn't want to be in an environment where he doesn't feel comfortable or doesn't recognise his footy club. So he stepped away in the hope that what we've seen pretty well in the last six months, a fair few other people have spoken out about what Adelaide actually is. Usually that happens when a club finishes last. People start to ask some questions about mm. culture, leadership, all that sort of stuff. You can probably cover it up when you're playing in a grand final like they did in 17, but there were still even cracks then. You remember when Phil Walsh came in at 
the Adelaide Footy Club as their coach in 2015, when his first press conference, he declared he wanted to build an authentic football club. I still sort of try to work out what he meant by that. We'll never know from Phil, sadly, because of his death. But why would he put on the agenda that it needed to be an authentic football club? And then five years later, we've got key figures in the history and culture of that football club, such as Andrew McLeod, walking out of the place saying, I don't feel comfortable here and I don't recognise my football club. So when he says culturally weak, what sort of things uh, is he referring to there? Either they just don't do things in the way in which that football club was through the 90s and 2000s, where it actually stood true to its themes of being, you know, for its members, for its fans, for its people, for the city of Adelaide. Um, That certainly changed with Don Pike. Don Pike never, as a coach, understood that he wasn't just coaching 44 Adelaide Football Club players. He was actually coach of a city, if not a state. I've, I've always said the Premier of South Australia has nothing on what the coach of the Adelaide Football Club for determining the emotions of those who barrack for the Crows and even those who don't. I mean, there's a a pretty strong Port Adelaide crew in town too that get emotionally worked over by what happens along that great divide between Adelaide and Port Adelaide. Now, Don Pike just wanted to be a footy club coach. He didn't actually understand that he was also having to be a coach for a state and its people. So there's... There's something very different about the Adelaide that was of the 90s and 2000s, particularly in the past five years. I would imagine most rank-and-file Crow supporters would side with Andrew McLeod on this one. Uh, There's obviously a couple of players that he played with, Mark Rusciuto and Rod Jamison, have some pretty important roles at that football Mm. club, and they've spoken about Andrew's views before. What about some of his other teammates from that era? Do they feel similarly? Oh Well, Andrew says he's had contact from many uh, former players, and uh, I'll give a bit away that over the weekend I had some calls from some people who actually are old Adelaide Football Club servants who actually wanted his current um, contact details because they wanted to send messages of support because they felt that they've had a disconnect with their football club as well, which is probably proven by the fact that these people are all scattered. I mean, it's, there's clearly issues that have emerged in the past year, which has then led to John Olsen, the former state premier, becoming chairman at a time when we saw not only a footy team was divided in three groups by the end of the 17 grand final, but this football club also was becoming divided as well by those on the inside, such as Marcus Scherter and Rod Jamison going down a certain path and those on the outside who have played big parts at Adelaide believing that it needs to get back to its core values, which are about its people and about its state. How aware of these issues do you think well, the new coach, still pretty new coach, Matthew Nix is. No, I can't. I can't speak for Matthew Nix. I mean, he's got an enormous job as it is, just trying to rebuild a, a footy team that's gone to levels never before seen with Adelaide. Now, he's probably caught in a bubble, dealing with you know forty-four footballers. Does he need to get concerned about you know membership drives and what people are saying on the feedback, particularly? key stakeholders outside his footy team. Probably got enough on his plate without needing to absorb that one, but he would be hes—he'd be pretty much aware of the chatter that goes around town and he would certainly be aware of what has been said for the last six months. Andrew McLeod started down this path mm. when he had his own podcast in, in June because that's where he felt he could speak and, and just speak freely, and he did twice. He doubled down after the first uh, 
point about how he didn't feel comfortable at his football club. Uh, it, it would be impossible for Matthew Nix not to be aware of it. But he's, as I say, he's got bigger priorities. And uh, this sort of stuff falls into the lap of other people at that footy club. Even, even with the COVID cuts that have been at Adelaide, there are still some pretty important people who need to be aware of what their footy club stands for. You're seeing, in, I mean, obviously it's it's taken a big hit the last few years, the Adelaide Footy Club, ever since really they lost that 2017 grand final. Not much has gone right. Are you seeing improvements there, whether it's culturally, um, you know, under Matthew Nix, with the sort of, the I guess, the spirit of the place? What have you observed in Matthew Nix's first 12 months? Are you seeing things go in the right direction? Even though they did finish bottom of the ladder, but do you, do you see things moving in the right direction? Uh, that's a that's a long road for Matthew Nix, and and I hope he doesn't become one of these coaches. And there's a a, a long list of them in VFL, AFL, Sample, Waffle, where club is on its knees. A young coach, first time coach comes in, just wears himself out over the first two years, and clubs become impatient and then want to go with a a finishing coach. That's always the risk Matthew Nix faces. We've seen it pretty well in so many clubs in recent times. Uh, the real challenge to change the football club itself stands with John Olsen as their new chairman. Now, bear in mind, he's not there for a long time. He's not going to be a nine, ten-year club chairman. He's probably there for four years max. He's spent a lot of time since October getting one-on-one, face-to-face with key people inside and outside the footy club. His due diligence could not be better in terms of understanding where the footy club was, what it has become, what it needs to be. And I would expect by February there will be some significant changes in key roles at the Adelaide Football Club as he sets a new agenda and a new a new feel for a football club that uh, is very, very different to the one we knew a decade ago and certainly 20 years ago when Malcolm Blight was making something pretty significant of the place. Which roles do you think could change? I, I've, I've been saying for some time, I don't think the Chief Executive, Andrew Fagan, mm. can survive what has been a very, very interesting 12 months of whereby leadership has been questioned at Adelaide and just what he has done to this football club. And there's some pretty senior people who will say that in his time, he has certainly made Adelaide as a football club commercially stronger. Uh, their balance sheet has never read better pre-COVID, but culturally they are weaker uh, by this determination to be a, a business rather than in the business of football. So I know that the Jason Dunstall report that was done at the end of last year brought up some issues about uh, the way Andrew Fagan's gone about things at the Adelaide Footy Club, and I'm more than sure from the feedback that John Olsen's been getting that there's going to be more questions asked of Andrew Fagan. I'm not sure that it probably is a moment that leads to much longer time or tenure for him at West Lakes. Yeah, it's interesting, the role of Andrew Fagan and, and what happens there. Another interesting story certainly is Tyson Stengel. Mm. How are they going to play this, the Adelaide Crows? Is it three strikes and you're out for Tyson? Well, no, I don't think they get to play it at all. You, you'll probably find as much as the AFL would like to get in control of it with the AFL Integrity Unit, the biggest player in here is the AFL Players Association. The Players Union will be dealing with this as a you know, part of their illicit drug welfare policy rather than drug policy. They... I'd, couldn't imagine that they would allow when there's no test involved here, but just a photograph which leads to 
some conclusions rather than some clear-cut evidence where they'll go pretty much into bat that Tyson Stengel is going through a difficult period. Uh, should have been in stronger rehab probably after being stopped by police in that moment that involved Brad Crouch. Mm. Um, you know what the AFLPA is like on this on this phase of illicit drugs. They have a welfare policy. They do not have you know, a punishment system there in place that it is the strikes and there you go. We all know about how when the strikes come in, you're into rehab and they're about actually, you know, let's use the term, cleaning you up. They're not about throwing you out. So I don't think Adelaide has yeah, it's a good point. the final say on this one. They, It becomes, again, another negotiated um, settlement in terms of what Tyson Stengel will face. But the reality of his position at Adelaide is, you're right, there are three strikes for, you know, drink driving, uh, the Hindley Street moment with Brad Crouch, and now this one with a photograph that suggests, and as a stress, suggests that he's been using illicit drugs again. You know, in the old simple system whereby the club makes all the decisions, you could argue three strikes, you're out. But you've got an AFLPA that's going to be pretty much into bat for him, that it's rehab and give him, give him the opportunity to complete, you know, his dream of being an AFL footballer. That's where it lies. Rooch, uh, Tim from North Haven has called through, and uh, he's a Crows fan, and he'd love to ask you a question. Uh, g'day, Tim. Uh, far away. Rooch is all ears. G'day, Jules. Thank you. G'day, Rooch. Hi, Tim. Um, so, Rooch, uh, you are much maligned in the halls and the gallows of the Adelaide Footy Club. As I'm sure I don't have to tell you, mate, but I appreciate you, I guess, your honesty on this, especially with Bungie McLeod. Um, mate, I, I've been, um, I guess, uh, frustrated with the footy club for, for at least the last 18 months, just probably more off-field than on-field because I, I firmly believe the, uh, the off-field is, is directly affecting some of the on-field, um, you know, uh, I guess, games and the way they play, their styles, their attitudes. Um, I guess the big thing for me is um, I had to make a call this year. I had to make one last year and I decided to continue with the club as a member, as a, as a financial member, um, three memberships for myself, uh, the better half and my son. Um, the opportunity again arose this year and I firmly said no way um, with absolutely no hesitation at all, just based on what's been going on. I won't rehash it, you've gone over most of it, Roach, but certainly when it comes to things like the Stengel situation, I said at at, at the second option he should have been let go at that stage, certainly support him outside of the club, but um, we don't want him around our young brigade. Um, Now we've gone to stage three, and here we are again. We're back in the same boat. For me, that was the opportunity for the club to prove to its members um, that it's about community. And again, as you've mentioned a couple of times, mate, it's no longer community. This is a corporate entity, and that's all it is. And until that changes, uh, I and I reckon there's about a dozen of us that, that proudly go on the hill every uh, Friday or Saturday night, Roach, and have a few froffies and, you know, cheer the club home. Um, none of these boys are renewed either. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. We're not the only ones. But um, it's frustrating. It's annoying. Um, you know, we've got no home base. Nowhere for us people to go and have a beer and celebrate our wins. And, you know, so there's a bunch of things there that you've written. There's a bunch of other things there that you probably haven't written that are, that are true with this club. It's, it's turning into a corporate entity and it's lost its community focus. It's not a team for South Australians. For me, it's a team for Rusciuto. It's a team for Fagan and their mates. And I don't even know whether I'm going to have the heart or, or, or the energy to support them come the next season. That's that's how much I feel, um, I guess, you know, left out by the club as, as, as a former paid member. 
I just wanted to express that from a you know from a member out at North Haven, and you know North Haven there, Roach. I'm I'm smacking them into Port Adelaide territory. So if you don't reckon I'm getting a few people saying come across to the dark side every day, actually it's the bright side, Tim. <laughs> the dark side has become a shadow somewhere else. Can't say any more than that, can you? I mean, Tim summed it up as as what a Crows fan member feels at the moment. So Andrew McLeod's points are well made then. Yeah, not much uh, I can add to that. No, I'm going to say that's uh, that's pretty raw from Tim, and uh, I'm sure, as he said, he's not the Adelaide, the only Adelaide Crows fans uh, feeling that way. Uh, Roach, thank you so much for your time. Great peace with Andrew McLeod. Uh, have you. a great Christmas. And uh, yeah, I only wish I was over the other the side year. of the world enjoying your family's special biscuits at my local supermarket up in the mountains. Uh, the Destroopers. I yes. wish they were my family's uh, Roach. <laughs> we we uh, might just retire on the on the assets of the Destroopers, but. Uh, yeah, they're not a bad they're not a bad biscuit, but unfortunately I can't claim them as my own. Merry Christmas then. You too. We'll chat in twenty twenty one. Great Before to have it. Michelangelo Rucci with you, with us, a big part of SEN SA Drive. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free, and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.